awesome to keep your torch lit, unfortunately. Sophia cannot make it today. But we have, honestly, someone even better. Sorry, Sophia. We have Akshay from season one and season five of Survivor Michigan. How are you doing, Akshay? What's up? I'm excited to be here. First keeper torchly with the new hosts. <laughs> yep, and we are here to recap episode eight, merge episode of season six. This was this was a crazy episode. Not like in terms of like the vote or whatever, or I guess not really a vote, but just in terms of like like interesting episode to watch. Yeah, I mean I think I don't know how you felt, but for me it definitely like kind of threw me back four years ago to to COVID that that week discovering what happened, discovering, you know, I don't even know, were you even there four years ago? But um No, I was I was in high school. Yeah. But when I, COVID happened. So, so a little different experience for you, but I just I definitely remember being in that room talking like while merge is happening and not caring about the challenge whatsoever because we're just so focused on like is the season gonna keep happening like what is it, this COVID thing oh crap like and i'm sure we'll get into that more as we get into the the events of this episode but yeah it was definitely the worst kind of ptsd basically was watching this episode going into this merge i think a very like dynamic cast and like a lot of things have gone maybe like in a predict a little predictable but not to the from i think it's been there's a lot of hearts and especially after the blow up of katie i think there is that could happen like going into the merge yeah i mean i think it's definitely set up really well i think i get a very season one vibe where like a lot of the maybe like not yeah. super big players were the ones taken out early um and mm -hmm. because of that it just kind of leaves two massive you know sides of big personalities where it's going to kind of be head to head uh most likely the rest of the way and who's going to come out on top i guess we'll see um katie was like the first big shot that Sokka, the Sokka side won um is obsidian going to be able to come back now or is it just going to be a Sokka steamroll despite the fact that they have less numbers like uh it, it'll be really interesting to watch uh how the merge plays out considering that it seems like all the big personalities stayed in which is other than katie unfortunately which is very unfortunate yeah. like i mean like the entire survivor be, michigan community missed out to be fair i will say there's a, there are a lot of big personalities on this cast like yeah. which like i think is um is a good thing we definitely lost some like abby in particular i think is like someone that like would have been fun to see maybe Jason would have been great to see still in Borg and like Taylor and Grace that are very like present. And that's not even all I can person on this cast. It's just there's yeah. like you said, there's so many big personalities. And I think it's gonna be interesting. So we end episode seven with TX going pretty I can't think of the word. Like it was an obvious vote, but um we yeah. have we end with emily voting for jack and we kind yeah. of start episode eight going into that um and i like in terms of like pure like logic it makes 100 percent sense to vote jack 
because you, you know to you and if he has an idol you're going home so how like how how do you feel about her um you know voting jack i mean it's not the worst move like obviously i respect like the heroes, healers, hustlers, oh, final five. There's an idol, let me vote to make sure I'm safe. The problem is she was the only one that voted and had it gone to a, and like T-Rex had an idol and it gone to a tie for Jack and Emily, she was still going home. Like it wasn't that like, oh, because she made this brilliant vote to save herself, now she's gonna be safe. Like on the tiebreaker, Jack is going home. She took out a big threat and saved herself. Like, no. All that's going to happen is that on the revote, she goes home and the idol got you. So, like, if that's the case and you don't have anyone else voting with you to take out Jack, like, just stick with your side. Because now all that happens is you look, like, flaky, you look flip-floppy, you look very untrustworthy um, to, to your side. Because it's like, oh, the moment you became even remotely vulnerable, you tried to throw us under the bus. Which, like, duh, that's what you're supposed to do on Survivor. But, like, people get, like weirdly antsy when their name comes up so it's just one of those things that like since you were gonna go home anyways just take the thing that will set you up best for the future because now all you did was that little bit of like trust you were creating with george and jack in particular the jack trust is at a zero right now and the george trust is like there but it's gone down because you didn't tell him you were gonna vote jack either i agree i think like I see why Emily did it, but like, chances are she was gonna go home regardless of if an idol was played or not. Or sorry, I'm sorry. If an idol was played, like, on home regardless if she voted Jack or not. So like, I think I see why she did it, but I think like there probably was a better way to like go about that. Exactly. Well, it sounds like Jack still trusts Emily. I just think. Um, he's going to be a little as a pair. I think he's also starting to catch on to them a little bit. And um, I'm just going to see how the dynamic of this three will um, play out. Yeah, I think it would have been more interesting to see how they would have played out with the small tribes in particular. Um, just because mm -hmm. they, they basically didn't have to worry about the fallout because right after that was merch. So... It was kind of one of those things where, like, oh, I totally would want to see that tribe go to it. But, like, that's yeah. kind of how I felt about every tribe, where it's like, I want to see how they would do it one more tribal, but then the merge happens. So you didn't get to see it. Especially because, like, they had Ellie there. And it's like, I mean, yeah, the same thing probably happens without Ellie. But, like, four people tribals are because there's no wiggle room at all. Like, two people throw a vote, and you have a, either a 2 1 1 or a 2 2. So it's like, much more it feels a lot different than like with ellie being there and how, like there's a lot more room for people to move and i think i think george jack and emily use that edge just to make sure that like t-rex was going home for sure yeah and it's funny because i feel like especially with ian finding the obsidian idol I remember there was so much paranoia on Obsidian and especially the Quesadilla 5 or 4 now um, of like, who has this damn Obsidian idol? Because as far as I can tell, and they like look everyone in the face, they're like, none of us have it. So who the hell has this idol? And that's why it's like, what if T-Rex has it? What if Justin has it? There was some, I remember uh -huh. some people were like, 
what if Anne had it and we voted her out with it? Like, what if that was a brilliant blindside? And it's like, obviously that wasn't the case, but it's just one of those things where like, yeah. you would think that someone on the other tribe has your idol. So it was yeah. so much paranoia around it. So that's why I was like, T-Rex doesn't talk to anyone. Oh, maybe it's because he has an idol. Like, it's just like anything that said uh -huh. anything about an idol, someone was like, yeah, they have the idol for sure, even though they did not. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. And like, I, I really liked how it was edited as like, we didn't know who had the or the Obsidian Idol until well, I had an idea, like someone on Sokka would even have a chance at getting it. But after like, we got that explanation, it made sense. And I think it was a good time for the audience. No, like, oh, who has this idol? Also, the story behind the Obsidian Idol is actually insane. I don't know if like, You've heard that one, have you? I I feel maybe I it depends on what you're talking about, but I would like to hear this regardless. Yeah, it's just like uh, like obviously there's what was told on the show, which is correct. Like mm -hmm. Tarek or T Rex left the clue on the ball. Ian, as probably as using his producer knowledge, saw it, grabbed it, um, knew exactly where to go, but because there was like. A winter freeze or something in Ann Arbor at that time. We had this. We had it in like this pot on I think South U or maybe it was State um, next to like a Jimmy John's or something. It was just this like random pot. Obviously it's winter, so everything is dead. Um, so it's just this pot of dirt that the idol's in. Because of this winter freeze, like there was a whole bunch of precipitation, and then everything froze over. So this pot is basically just like solid ice, like dirt and ice and nothing nice. else. So Ian knows exactly where it is. And I think searched multiple times. Like he went there once, it was still ice. So he was like, okay, whatever. Went a second time, still ice. So then like came back with the shovel. The shovel, I don't think went through the ice. Like he was like, okay, I'll come back with hot water. So goes back with hot water, tries to melt the ice. It doesn't do enough. So he's still trying to just like break the ice with this shovel, which the idol is completely under and he's completely correct. So he spends like, I think he said six hours trying to dig this thing and is like makes basically zero progress and is just ranting at us in his producer chat. Just lose just like guys like this is ridiculous like just let me know if it's there or not because i'm spending so much time and it's frozen and every part and we're going back and forth in like the producer's chat like should like what do we do here like do we do we just let him have it do we give it to uh -huh. him do we just say nope sorry you got to deal with the elements kind of thing and and then we kind of just thought about it and we went like yes you were supposed to put in an effort and clearly he did, like he, he did everything you could possibly do to get this idol, spent the amount of time, probably more than the amount of time you were supposed to to get this idol. So in the end, we just kind of went, okay, Ian, yeah, you have the idol. Like, and then I think a week or two later, once things actually like were able to melt, I don't know if he actually went and got it or like Matthew who had hidden it in the first place, went and got it and gave it to him or what, what that situation was, but that that's when he actually got the idol. So even though he got the idol like earlier, he actually had no physical possession of the idol because it was just frozen under this pot that's... and no one could access it because it was that pot was completely frozen over. That's so funny, I did not know that.
So were you guys scared of like another player finding the idol after you gave possession um, of the idol, even though it was still like in that pot? A little bit, but like one, Ian had the clue that was like the most obvious. So unless someone like yeah. perfectly put it together, they weren't going to. And two, right. um, it was still frozen. Mm -hmm. So like, even if someone else found the correct pot, which I think yeah, someone sure, even right. might have in that time period, like they, I think someone found it and like didn't even attempt to dig one time. Were, or, like yeah. that happened. Yeah, they were just like, okay, that's frozen. We're not even gonna uh -huh. try. And then they just kind of kept walking. So <laughs> it was one of the situations where like, uh -huh. I think the first day where it was possible to dig and like the thaw it out, either Ian went and got it or Matthew went and got it for Ian. So it was like one of those situations where like, yes, there was sort of a worry, but it is frozen. And if Ian with all his effort that he was willing to put in, couldn't get it, no one else is crazy enough as Ian to put in that much effort. <laughs> and they're not gonna get it anyway, yeah. even if they do, so it's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so let's see. So, um, okay, so we get a little, po some more post-tribal um, stuff. George is shocked he didn't receive a single vote. And, like, I talked about this with Sophia in the last episode recap, but, like, I think George did a really good job making sure that, like, he was kind of, like, viewed as this, I call it, like, the wounded bird strategy, kind of like, oh, mm -hmm. no, my closest ally has gone from the game. And, like, he has Lindsay and Taylor basically, like, crying over this whole situation. Yeah. Which to me is just like insane. And I, I think like, especially like knowing Taylor and Lindsay, I think like it was less of what George did and more just of like how they played the game. Yeah. But I still want to give credit to George for the fact that like, I, I like he definitely had a tough situation and was able to like get out of it. George is, George is a genius. Um, uh, the reason we wanted George to play Survivor Michigan at any point um, was post season one um there was a uh, game of mafia um and mm -hmm. george picked everyone out perfectly as they were the mafia like he picked out which scenario why it happened how they are the mafia and was correct like and from that moment all of us that were producers for season two were like george right. you need to play and so season two it didn't work season three it didn't work season four it didn't work so it was just kind of one of the situations where like george we need you to play and then luckily he was still in the area. So season six kind of came around and he was like, hey, I'm still here. And because we like had Ian applying and Noah applying and Katie applying already, it was like this, we're literally never gonna have a better time to have George on. Mm -hmm. Obviously episode one, day one happens and we're like, oh my God, George and Katie are dating. This is completely different. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, so we knew George, like especially the season one people that were left, which there weren't many of us, but we knew that George was a super genius when it came to like just picking stuff out survivor wise. And so like he knows he's, he, he reminds me of like Cochran's answer and Caramone. He's the chameleon where he can be like whatever personality he needs to be with whatever group of people. And like you said, he was the wounded bird with Taylor and Lindsay and a little bit of Jack too, where like, but like more apologetic to Jack of like, I'm sorry I couldn't tell you, man. Like, and same with Ellie, where it's just like, no, it's completely fine. Like, you had to do what you had to do. You had to vote my girlfriend out. And with Noah, the like the handshake and the like, like, you took my girlfriend out, like, good move, but like I respect it. Like, that's what Noah needed in that moment. Noah wouldn't have like fallen for the wounded bird at all. 
but he he got the game respects exactly. game strategy. So like George knows exactly how to play each person, and like I think it just worked out perfectly where he got no votes. But um, yeah, it, it's genius because really he probably should have been maybe one of the first people voted out if people were going based off biggest threats. Um, and instead, mm -hmm. he's going into the merge with very little threat level somehow, and yet the, one of the most connected people in the game. Yeah, I'm really interested because, like, like you said, he did kind of talk with Noah, and Noah definitely didn't like. He wasn't like, oh, like George wants to work with me now, obviously, but he like he respected it at least, and isn't like, um, I think as worried about George. But like, I think there is this kind of looming like George versus Noah kind of battle that I see happening with like Ian kind of in the middle because Ian does seem to be kind of like doing whatever ian wants to yeah i mean that's that's ian right i mean i think mm. i i think of ian almost this is gonna not make sense when i first say it so wait for the context similar to me um in the sense of like yes we have crazy personalities to begin with but when we're playing survivor we turn those personalities up to like 11 to because we know <laughs> it's a tv show and we want entertainment you know so that's what, what Ian is doing a lot of the time, I think, where it's like, yeah, yes, Ian's a fun, quirky guy, but Ian is absolutely hamming it up for these cameras 100% of the time. And, like, it's working. He's entertaining as hell. Um, but, like, because of that, it's he's do, he's going crazy. He's digging six hours for a Frozen Idol, and he's, he's trying to do a 6-6 six, six deadlock so that both him and Katie are safe, but also exposing George and Katie's romance and also like working with Grace and Noah and they all have idols and it's just like insanity all the way around. Okay, so um, let's see. There's some other stuff kind of before the merge happens. We get a little bit from Noah, like I said, he was talking about kind of like um, this George thing and how like George is so enthusiastic about working with them that like he doesn't really buy it. Um, and Noah seems to be really worried about like his threat level because he realizes that he's playing a very kind of like out there game. Like it's not a secret of who he's targeting and that he has been like a prominent person throwing out names. Yeah, I mean, Noah was probably more targeted than I expected this entire season um like even the abby vote where like all three of them were like one two three ian and then three seconds later they were voting for noah like it just yeah. right off the bat like noah became this huge threat which i don't think any of us were really expecting i think on like threat level for um former producers in particular like george number one for sure ian close second like katie probably third because she's been here the longest and then noah was like he just became a producer for the first time for All-Stars. Like, he doesn't really know much compared to the other three. He's not going to be that big of a target. And then maybe partially because of Noah's personality, maybe because he was in a position of power from the start, finding the idol, and then getting even more cocky, potentially. Like, he just somehow turned into, like, target number one and then embraced it. He was like, okay, if they all hate me, like screw it. I'm going after all of them. I'm going to be the godfather and like try and take everybody out. And until really the Luke vote, it was going exactly how he wanted every single vote. Um, and I would say other than the Luke vote, it's probably gone how he's wanted every single vote. So <laughs> it's really worked out for him so far. It's almost surprisingly um, how well it's worked out for him. But yeah, I don't think 
a lot of us were expecting him to be as big of a target as he was. I I almost think maybe he was a bigger target because like he doesn't have as much productive production experience and he may might not know to maybe kind of like take it back a little bit. Whereas like I think people like Jordan, Katie, and Ian to an extent, but like not really new to kind of like not go guns blazing right from the get-go. That's true, especially if like All Stars is the only season Noah had watched from a production standpoint. That's not exactly a good like, oh yeah, have a little bit of restraint kind of season because that's that's not what happened on that season. (laughs) No, but like to Noah's credit, I think for playing that style gameplay, he's doing a really good job, and that's impressive because most people that do that like. Don't play very well. They're Kevin. They crash and burn real quick. (laughs) Exactly. And like, I mean, hey, I think we still have time for a a crash (laughs) like Kevin. But like, I think like for now, he's in a really good spot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We also got really like just it was a really small segment segment, but I thought it was really funny with Grace and she is walking down like uh, the Hollywood. uh, What is it called? The Walk of the Walk of Fame, um, which is literally directly outside my apartment. So I was literally like, oh, I know where that is. No, like uh, she like had a little piece of paper that had her name and was like winner of season six. And I thought (laughs) that was really funny. She's like, "Hmm, am I predicting the future? I found it funny that she chose to, like, actually cover a real person star because there's a bunch of, like, empty stars on the Walk of Fame that she totally could have just put her name on. Um, and it would have, like, been, like... That. And there's, like... I'm sure people do that all the time. But, no, she literally covered someone who had a star and was, like, this is now my star. Like, this is now the Grace Toll star. It is not your star anymore, which I just that's, found hilarious. That's so funny. That makes it even better. Um, was there anything else that stuck out to you, like, before the merge happened? Or any other, like, pre-merge things that, like, um, you want to talk about? Um, not really. I think it's just, like, really interesting how everything is set up now, going into the merge, where it's, like, there's two distinct sides, and then there's a bunch of people in the middle. So, the way this season has gone is, like, the people in the middle keep getting targeted, so is that going to keep continuing, or is it just... Finally going to be head-to-head battle, quesadilla versus Sokka, like, winner-take-all kind of thing. Yeah, like, we we do get a couple people talking about how, specifically with Justin, they feel like Justin's trying to play both sides, and they don't really like that. And going into the merge, all we kind of know is, like, a, Justin might be targeted. It's and funny like, because, like, like, I think Ellie is playing both sides. I think Emily is playing both sides. I think Justin's just doing the worst job at playing both sides in that, like, mm-hmm. he made Sokka not trust him at all. And yet, Quesadilla never really trusted him in the first place. So it's like, he's completely the least trusted out of the people playing both sides. So he could easily be a first merge boot easy. Or he can make it really far because no one trusts him. So let's just take him further. He's not going to win anyways, kind of thing. It's weird because I feel like Justin was like, he was in a really tough spot given his swap tribe. And I feel like he was actually doing a pretty good job up until, at least from what I remember, up until like the um, Katie vote. Because at that point, I think like he, that's when he fucked up by like, you know, just playing both sides completely, where I think like, 
if he would have just stuck to one side, he probably would have been okay. But like, I get the fact that like Merge had like he didn't know what Merge was, and if his tribe loses again, like he like I assume that he thought he was going still. So I think like he probably should have just stuck to those Sokka people. But like, I don't know. It, it's a tough one because, like you said, if if Sokka loses a, a tribe swap, another uh, immunity challenge there, he's gone no matter what. Like I don't, I don't really see him surviving over Cages right. or Lindsay as much as the edit was trying to like, ooh, maybe we'll take him out. And say, no, that was never going to happen realistically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, it's it's tough. So it's like, do I stay with these people that I know are voting me out next time if we lose no matter what, or do I go back to these other people where? I, mean, I, I might not have been don't. like in the four alliance anyways, but like at least they yeah. don't trust anymore. So it's one of those like I, I would almost say lose lose situations that he had, but it it did screw him. And then you got Grace uh, painting her face like a clown, so he had no chance <laughs> after that. Yeah, no. After that, he was he was. Well, I mean, like obviously he's still in at this point, but like it does sound like his name is um coming up a lot. Yeah. And I think, like, to Ellie and Emily's credit, they also have been put in tough situations. I mean, Ellie was on, yes, they were on a tribe with, like, all Copop, or sorry, all um, Obsidian, Fluskian. But very clearly was, like, on the bottom of that with um, Katie, Lindsay, and Taylor being kind of, like, the core of that Kobaka group. And Ellie, after I think after the Katie vote, Ellie did a good job of being like, okay, like I'm not mad, and kind of like said like, hey, we like this vote happened. You guys didn't vote me, so let's kind of restart. And I think being having the opportunity to go onto the new Obsidian tribe and talk to George and Jack and Emily and gain those connections, I think did a. Ellie did a really good job of like establishing those relationships and pro- probably can get themselves to work with those obsidian people, even though Ellie might not want to work with like Taylor, Lindsay, and um I guess yeah, Taylor and Lindsay. I don't know how they feel about them right now, but Yeah. El- Ellie, I think, really needed that second difference maker, probably more than anyone else, mm-hmm. just because like first vote voted for Jay or didn't vote for Jay when everyone else did um so like then goes to uh the obsidian tribal doesn't vote for Anne when everybody else did then on kopaka yeah. probably if kopaka goes to tribal at any point on their own ellie's probably going home like because i think katie and ian uh end up saving each other and then um the rest of obsidian takes out ellie just because she was on the bottom anyways and then even once katie gets voted out i would argue that had kopaka lost ellie was still probably going home because of just like the connection Ian made with Lindsay and Taylor after Katie's vote out. So it was one of those situations where like Ellie was kind of screwed. And then by winning the second difference maker, they were able to make these connections that they just didn't have beforehand and basically got closer to everyone that was on new obsidian or new Sidian as they were calling it. Um, and because of that, like, they go into merge not completely screwed. Like for the first time in this game, Ellie is not completely screwed, essentially. Yeah, I feel they have a lot of power. Like, I don't know if power is the right word, but compared to where they were at, I see they have a lot of opportunity. Opportunity. To, That's a good word. Yeah, opportunity for good gameplay. And I'm really excited to see what Ellie does. 
Um, I think, yeah, I think that's pretty much all that happens before we merge. So, like, when the merge happens, like, what is, like, the timeline in terms of, like, COVID, like, happening? Okay, so the way that year was, like, not including Survivor, just, this is how it happened. Like, we knew COVID was a thing for the entire, like, winter semester, but it was just, like, this thing in Asia that no one, we're not worried about. Yeah. Then, like, spring break happens, and as spring break is kind of happening, because Michigan has the earliest spring break in existence, so spring break starts at the end of February for Michigan. Oh, um, so, and that year just also happened to go into March, so it was, like, later than normal. Um, but, so as spring break was happening, the first cases in the U.S. started kind of coming up. Um, so it's kind of, like, on the periphery for everyone, but right now no one really still knows what COVID is. We were just like, is this just like, cause remember like swine flu was a big deal back in the day. And like that basically didn't affect any of us as far as I know yeah. um, when we were like kids. So it was another one of those, like, is this going to be swine flu where like no one actually cares? Um, or like, is this just going to be a flu where everyone kind of gets sick and then it's done? No, no one had any idea. And so we get to, you know, um, the state of the merge. And at this point, I think, Pretty much no one, like, it's being talked about consistently, but there's no decisions being made. Um, and then at the merge, while we are in Mason Hall, dur during this merge, we get the first, we get the announcement of the first case in uh, our county where, you know, where Ann Arbor and University of Michigan is. In that county was the first case at University of Michigan's hospital, no less. So... Um, that was like the first time. Wow. So if we came back from spring break on Monday, this is now Wednesday evening, I want to say. No, it's Tuesday. Tuesday evening that this merge is happening. Um, and this first case gets announced. So that's the first real time where we're just like, ooh, <laughs> something's probably going to happen. Like that was the first time yeah. where a lot of us were just like, classes might get canceled you know, semester might get canceled. Is the season going to get canceled? I think that was, and then like, it's funny because like merge, merge feast, um, merge idol clue, merge challenge. They're all super important moments. And yet the moment everyone walked out, not a single person was talking about Survivor at all. Like we were all just talking about like, what's going to happen? Like the, they found a case. Like that was the one thing we didn't want to happen. If they didn't find a case, nothing. But now they found a case in our hospital, like right there, we can see it from here. Yeah. Um, what What's about to happen? And then Wednesday, like I went to my morning class um, on Wednesday and literally for like the first 15 minutes that professor was just like, classes are probably gonna be canceled. This might be the last time you see me this, this year. And wow. literally as I'm debating of whether to go to my afternoon class or not, like right before it starts, we get the email of like Thursday and Friday classes are canceled. Everyone go home. Um, wow. So it, it happened really quick. We're like, while we were on spring break, which is only one week for us, first case in the U S Tuesday after we come back, first case in Michigan in the university hospital, Wednesday announcement that Thursday and Friday is canceled and everything's moving home. And by the weekend, everybody go home if you can essentially. So that's that's how quick everything moved. Yeah, I mean, like I obviously had a different COVID experience, but it was like 
pretty similar whereas like i think i can't remember if, if we had classes canceled for i think we had school on thursday and then friday they were like no school and a lot of people were like, oh, because it was Friday the 13th when that happened. Oh. <laughs> that's kind of a lot of people locked onto that. And that's kind of like, at least in my mind, that's when like COVID happened. But like, obviously, like, especially with the case in the hospital, like that's right by you. Like, that's definitely I see why that would like maybe like go into like Thursday and Wednesday yeah. a little bit. Um, I guess well, we're going to weep in and out of COVID. Yeah. I feel like it's like yeah. hard to like talk about both but so we merge um the yes. mimosa tribe honestly because like i know like some stuff about season six somehow i'd never heard of the merge tribe name and i was just like i really like that merge tribe names are probably like the most disrespected names in existence where it's like no one ever actually remembers them because it's just like yeah that's the that's when they're oh, yeah, like, yeah. no because you know mm -hmm. one says like mimosa come on in like the way he does with all the other right. tribes so um it's just one of those things where like they get completely like i couldn't tell you what most of the merge tribe names were um other than the ones i played like i remember season one and season five's merge tribe name and i did not remember season sixes until i watched it and i was like oh yeah i remember making fun of it because it's another alcoholic name like totally um but yeah it, it made sense i mean orange mimosa like it sounds kind of fijian like sure we'll take it yeah, I, I've heard worse tribe names, so I'll... There's I'll been many worse. worse, there will be many worse coming up in future seasons. Uh, yes, yes, there, there are. So, um, let's see, so the challenge, it was, a, I guess, in my mind, a classic, I don't know why, but, like, I, I like this challenge, um, solo cups, stacking them, um, doesn't, I don't think anything super notable happened to this challenge, except that Ian, um, wins immunity. Ian was trash talking throughout the entire challenge, which was like, well done. Um, and it, it totally worked. I I don't think it like actually led to anybody falling, but it just like kind of kept the legend of Ian going very strong um, of like, only Ian would trash talk throughout an entire challenge about keeping your hand steady and just like everyone kind of laugh at it. Like no one was mad at it, you know? Mm. And it was, it's, it's like keeping your hand steady with the solo cup is like sort of a survivor classic, like you said, but like, I don't think this version of it's ever been done before. Um, and I, like you said, I really like the way it played out. It definitely went a little higher than I think we were expecting. Like, I think when they got oh, to seven or eight cups, we were just like, how are they I holding that? I know it like, it, it, I was just like surprised that it like went that long, but like good for them. Yeah, like, I, think, it, I yeah. couldn't even do, like, one. So, like, good for them. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, obviously, we know Justin in particular is, like, probably one of the people, like, in danger. But I think, like, in general, Ian is probably someone that, like, would benefit a lot from winning this challenge. I think, like, especially given the fact that he just, like, dropped the bomb, like, two weeks ago. I think of all people to vote could flip on, like Ian is probably it would make sense. Yeah, Ian Ian is also like a very paranoid player just in general. So I think one of those things, like having immunity where he can just have a mental, like not necessarily a chill week, because Ian can never have a chill week, but just a week where he doesn't have to worry about him going home, I think is is yeah. very beneficial for him as a player. Mm -hmm. 
So um, we also get another difference maker from this challenge. I believe Grace is the difference maker. I forgot. Oh, it was because she was the first person to drop from the challenge. And she has the opportunity to pick someone and um, compete in a challenge. And the winner of this challenge will receive both of their votes, essentially. Yeah. And I was very jealous because in season one, during the steady hand challenge, I lasted five seconds and was the first person out. So I was like, I would have loved an advantage for being the first person out of that challenge. Um, but yeah, basically that was that was the difference maker that they were told about. Um, obviously there was the idle clue hidden difference maker as well, along with the knowledge that an idle clue was hidden at Merch Feast, um, which made Ian's actions make a little bit more sense about the pizza critiques. Um, but yeah, there was, it was definitely an interesting, like I would, I would argue that Indian poker, which is not my kind of Indian, just to make it clear, um, Indian poker is not the most like engaging thing to watch at all. Um, but I think just because it was like one person in the core of the Sokka um, alliance and one person in the core of the Quesadilla alliance going head to head is what made it so interesting. I was like, because I mean, obviously it ends up not really mattering because yeah, how it ends. But I like, I was thinking like, ob like obviously I think Grace has two options and they're either play it the way she did and pick someone from the other side that you think you can be. But I think it, it's so risky to lose your vote. Yeah, I think sh like... I wonder if it would have been smart to just like pick someone from your alliance and like not have to work. Cause like if you, I mean, you have to be careful with who you pick, but if you pick someone that you know is going to vote with you, it doesn't really matter. You don't gain or lose anything essentially. Right. And that's, that's always the like risk reward and survivor where it's like, I don't think we even ever thought that through as like the, as we're crazy people, like the Alliance group was like, just Matthew was in charge of at that point. So obviously he's thinking of like the most game body, like result at all times. Um, and yeah. so obviously the only thing we're thinking of is like, oh, who is she going to pick from the Obsidian Alliance? And like, oh, yeah. um, and then it was only like when I was really watching this episode that I was like, oh, she totally could just pick some, like Lindsay or Tejas mm -hmm. and like yeah. guarantee that they all just keep their own votes no matter what. And Thank God she didn't do that because that would have been so boring. Um, we might have just edited it out at that point. Like that would have just been like horrible yeah. to watch. But um, yeah, I think she picked the right person. Where she probably picked the person that's most likely to to fold after a show of strength, which I think we saw a few times in Indian Poker. Whereas like she had a three. They both had threes at one point, and the only thing yeah. lower than a three is a two or an ace. Two and a one. And, yeah. And Lindsay still folded, and you're just like okay you know like and there were a lot of those moves where like you see ian in the background just losing his mind because they're both making like the wrong decision based on like poker nah. logic but um it ended up working out for grace she picked the right person and she she got her she got Lindsay's vote out of it mm -hmm. and like realistically i don't know how much it would have mattered if the vote was going to go towards justin and like we can talk about i don't know how much it spoils episode nine if they go in that direction or not but um that's something we can talk about um i do want to go back to the idle clues so ian finds an idle clue in the pizza box and ends up finding the idol but there was also the difference maker idle clue so this is like a separate idol right 
Yeah, this is the merge idol now. So um, it's not the Obsidian idol. It's not the Saka idol. There's no Kopaka idol. There was never a Kopaka idol. It was mm -hmm. just specifically the merge idol. And it's not the, the like a second half of the legacy idol. This is a completely different idol from all the other idols we've already seen and talked about. Um, where, you know... Wait, so is, Ian, is, is Ian's the merge idol or is... The it, wait, okay. Let me rephrase this. Is the clue that Grace found the same clue to the one Ian found? No, actually, like I think in the episode they say like this is the first clue and like the second clue was found at the merge feast or like some or something like that, where it's like one has the the next clue in the line. So it's like oh, okay. So let me so like, let me rephrase my rephrase. They sure. go to the same idol. They go, they're for the same idol, but oh, one okay, clue okay. is just That's further along. Oh, oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, so I yeah, think, Ian like, Ian, because he found the idol, at, or found the idol clue, I should say, at the merged feast, it was, like, because you put in the effort to find this... And that's what he was doing when he was searching through every piece. He wasn't criticizing the fact right. that they were all pepperoni, which, like, he also was, because he's Ian. But, um, like, he was mainly, like, trying to find the idol clue right and with his knowledge he knew it was somewhere in the pizzas like they checked the plates they checked everything um and then the pizzas had the like the thing the triple thing the uh, triangle yeah, thing the that table. i don't even know what it's for um yeah the mini table that i don't understand and we we're like that's perfect so i think under one of those was a clue um and so that's why ian went under every single one grabbed it and you see grace just like looking directly at him as he's doing it so she obviously sees he found the idol i think noah yeah. or clue idol clue um i think noah probably saw it too because noah was like right over his shoulder for most of it so like advantage Sokka when it comes to idols once again they, these guys are just like way mm -hmm. ahead of the game and it's surprising because you would think like at least george would understand because like he hid one at the season one merge like feast too so right. You know, like, he should understand, hey, there's about to be an idol clue somewhere, but no, he just was talking, because he's George, you know? And you you could also argue that, like, even if he knows that there is going to be one at the merge feast, like, multiple people saw Ian find it. Granted, it was his, like, close allies. Yeah. So I don't think it mattered for Ian that much, but if, let's say, Grace and Noah see George find it, it's a completely different story. Very I think true. George knows that, where Ian doesn't have, like, the self-restraint no. hair. Yeah, but not at it all. ends up working out great for Ian. He has an idol. All three people, or, I mean, like, I guess, I don't know how much of an alliance they are at this point, just because Ian does seem to be branching out a little, but, like, he, he knows where all three idols are, and all three of them know that they have the idol, which I think is, like, if that happened to me, I would be like, I would be a little scared just because, like, I mean, yes, you know where everything is, but they all know where everything is. And I yeah. think, like, knowledge, I, I hate using knowledge as power given the context of what it means now, but knowledge is power. And I think, like, especially with, especially knowing that Grace and Noah are so close, I'd be, for Ian, I'd be particularly scared because you have two people that really could go after you. Granted, your idol is only good for three tribals, which I think is going to overall benefit Ian in the long run, because, like, why target him because he has an idol that's going to expire? Well, Grace has the idol that's going to expire. Oh, wait, okay, wait, sorry. Grace, so Grace, 
Oh, you're so right. I totally, I, in my mind, Grace, Ian found the idol. Not I totally forgot Grace found the idol. You're so right. Okay. Great. So, okay. Let me rephrase about that. I guess, like, um, yeah, I would be scared if I'm Ian. I mean, like, I think Grace and Noah have reason to target Ian at some point. I just think it's a matter of when. And they yeah. have to be so careful because Ian has an idol. Yeah, I mean, I think especially as we're getting further and further along in the game, I think Ian and Noah are becoming less of this tight pair and more two people that realize that they're going to need to take each other out to have a chance to win the game kind of situation. So, and it's just like getting to that much earlier than I think anybody thought it would. Um, and so the fact that all three of these people that had been in this, the core three basically of the Sokka Alliance, um, sort of, um, really Noah and Grace kind of had always um, pushed Ian to the outside and Ian kind of had been making more connections through his connection with Katie um, with Obsidian than either Noah or Grace had. So, but like realistically, the three people that we've seen um, as an audience probably narrate the Sokka tribe the most. Now all three of them have idols. And that's that was insane even as a production team. Like we could, how could we ever predict that that was going to happen? That like the, the idol for Sokka went to Noah. Okay, not too shocking. The idol for Obsidian went to Ian. What the heck? And then the idol went for, the merge idol also happened to go to Grace. Like, and the fact that... It wasn't that like, oh, Ian found the idol and was like, okay, fine, Grace, you take it so that he he lowered his threat level. No, each of them literally found one of the idols. Like, it was so crazy. crazy. The production team, it was a little bit of like, really, all three in the same alliance found an idol? But at the same time, oh, my God, all three in the same alliance found an idol. Like, it was like right. both sides right there um, as a production mm -hmm. team where it's like, it's really cool to see how this will play out now. Will they work together? Will they work against one another now? Like, how is this gonna go? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I guess kind of like the rest of the episode is kind of like it's it's definitely it was a weird ending because I also didn't know like what happened. All I knew was COVID happened and it like turns online. I right. did not know that Tejas unfortunately quits the game. And I think like not. I mean, I loved Tejas. I thought he was a fun character, but like the episode ended in a like good way. I feel like ending in a vote out would have felt like. It would have felt weird, and obviously, like, production couldn't have controlled that, but I think the way it ended up, like, being edited and the way, like, um, it was a very, like, um, empowering kind of ending, and I thought it was just, like, I I was, like, happy. I don't, happy's not the right word, but I was just kind of, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I think it was just yeah. such a, like, weird experience to just relive. I was just in awe of, like, everything. Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was a very weird situation, like, and I appreciate that, like, George kept the original email that we all got saying, like, Thursday, Friday is canceled, everyone go really home, cool. and then he kept, like, Tejas's original message um, with the with the 20 likes on GroupMe, you know, like, so clearly that's production liking it, too, it's not just the players, um, but yeah, no, it was definitely, like, like I said, so the entirety of the merge um, feast uh, and challenge, we're just kind of talking about, like, hey, COVID, what's going to happen? What's, like, mm -hmm. do, how do we play this kind of thing? And then, like I said, once we kind of saw, hey, that case is right there in the Michigan, you know, University of Michigan Hospital, um, something's going to happen. I, I distinctly remember walking home from that tribal going, I think that's the last survivor thing I'm going to go to this year. Like, I legitimately thought that. Um, and then, of course, 
the next day, email comes out. Um, yeah. Hey, like Thursday, Friday classes canceled. And so obviously everyone goes straight to, I think we were using Slack at that point. So everyone goes straight to the Slack and it's just like, okay, what the heck do we do? Like, how does this affect everything? And I think there was a vote amongst the producers first of like, or maybe it wasn't even an official vote. It was just, what do we want to do? And I think everyone kind of wanted to try and keep it going if we could. That was kind of the like unanimous, pretty unanimous decision. I don't know if there was any really resistance other than token resistance. So then it became, okay, we all want to keep it going. Obviously the players are more important than us in this situation. Let's see right. what they do. Um, and I'm pretty, obviously I don't know the results of that vote, but I'm pretty sure it was overwhelmingly that they want to continue. Like if there were 12 people in the game at that, that point, makes sense. I think it was at worst nine to three that they want to continue. I think it might've been like 10 to two or 11 to one or 12 to zero. Like I'm pretty, it was definitely no more than three people said they don't want to continue. And I don't think it was that many either. Um, so that's why it was like, okay, now that we know the season's going, let's re, so we usually have everything predetermined weeks in advance. We try and get everything done. Right. I'm sure you guys do something similar. Right of like right when the season starts and then we'll have a merge um, meeting if necessary to talk about the rest of the season, but usually yeah. we don't need to. And like mm -hmm. challenges are assigned, twists are determined in advance. Like everyone knows what's gonna happen the rest of the season. So all the challenges were already assigned for the rest of the season at this point. So obviously those were gonna need to change. So right. I'm pretty sure it was Saturday day, maybe it was Friday day. Um, daytime, we're like, me and um, Aaron met up. We went to the Noodles and Company on on State, State I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. And then went to Mason Hall where, you know, we had one last survivor meeting for the, in person for the year at least, um, in one of the rooms where we just kind of went over the new plan for the rest of the season. So basically it was primarily of like, it's all gonna be on Zoom or some form, I don't think we knew what Zoom was at that point. Um, so it was gonna be some form of online. Like, I'm pretty sure if you yeah. see the like, the the like LE view of the challenge in the next episode, like it's not Zoom that they're using. I think they're using Google Meet at that point or something. So, yeah, so. Google Meet was kind of the thing for a little bit and then like Zoom happened and then it just like, everything was Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Yeah, I remember we just used Google Meet because through our UMesh accounts, we had Gmail accounts. So like Google Meet just was like right. the easy one um, kind of thing. And then, like like you said, COVID happened and it was, everything was Zoom. So uh, everything kind of switched to Zoom as of the tribal in episode nine. Mm -hmm. um, but before that, it was like, okay, we'll find some platform to go online, which ended up eventually being Zoom. Um, there was a bit of chaos there as well, too, which is actually pretty funny. Um, <laughs> with like, it was Google Meet for a second, then it was Zoom. But obviously, like, we there at this point, Michigan didn't have a Zoom account, so it was oh, like we were only using yeah. free Zoom. Um, and so that leads to the greatest um, cutoff of at forty minutes in episode nine ever, which we will see. Um, but also it led to like, oh, should we use other platforms then maybe so we don't have this 40 minute issue. Um, and also it was like harder to film specific like people 
with the free version. Right. Like you couldn't do gallery and specific and pin someone. Like it was harder to do all that stuff. So Michigan created their like own thing for that semester called Blue Jeans. Um, oh, I did not know about this. Yeah, it was like, I don't know what they were using. Maybe it was like some partnership with Skype or whatever, but it was like specifically for the University of Michigan and it sucked. Like it sucked horribly. <laughs> Like it was horrendous. It was like, it was like the the generic brand Zoom. Like it was, it was just so much worse in every way. And I remember we tried it once, and because we were just like, okay, this especially after Zoom cut out on us during a tribal, we're like, okay, Blue Jeans is at least comes with our Michigan account. Should we try it? And I literally, I didn't go to the the challenge or tribal um, that they tried it, but I literally just remember Aaron's uh, post in the. Uh, the players chat afterwards and was like, okay, we're switching back to zoom because fuck blue jeans. Um, and so I was like, Oh, okay. So it went well, clearly. So we paid for one zoom account and everything went off of that one paid zoom account. Um, the rest of <laughs> the, like, so the semester. And then of course the next, uh, semester next year, Michigan has a partnership with zoom and it's all free. But like for that one semester, it was like, Okay, I guess we're using Zoom, but let's let's pay for it because the free version sucks, um, and our things go longer than forty minutes. So that so that had its own chaos. Um, but then it was also like, okay, we got to redo all the challenges that we had planned because all of the challenges we had planned were for in person. Um, and then it was like people choosing, okay, I'll do the challenge for this week. I'll do the challenge for that week. And it was also like pretty pretty um, like simple i would say i don't think there was any like arguments i think everyone was really trying to get the season going um yeah. and then i think there was still a little bit up in the air i think tejas had said he might not stay i don't think he said from the beginning mm. like i'm out i think there was a like listen i'm gonna head back home i'm gonna talk to my family um and then i'll i'll come back with the decision so it was up in the air of like are we hosting tribal and i think that's part of the reason why we did an in-person tribal because like we had it scheduled. Um, I think yeah. we probably scheduled it right after merge uh, challenge. And we weren't completely sure whether Tejas was canceling or not. So it was just one of those situations where it was like, okay, we have it. Some people have left already. Should we just like FaceTime them? Because like we've had people that are weren't able to make tribal that were sick that FaceTimed into tribals before. So we're like, okay, let's just like kind of do that. If everyone anyone's gone home yet but a lot of people were still there and you'll see the rest of the season there's like i would say six maybe five or six people that just stayed on campus anyways so they did uh, the thing so you're not supposed do, to do in person oh, but... so like that i was gonna ask so like is it so are people still kind of in person and then like with like the computer on zoom kind of like on the side or yeah like... i mean our our official thing was we recommend not meeting in person because we wanted no uh, responsibility for anything that happened to anyone. So we're like, right. we're like, we recommend not meeting in person, but obviously we can control what you do. So just be safe if you do. But every official game thing will now be on online. So it was like every challenge and tribal from then on okay. will basically okay. be entirely online. Um, oh, okay, okay, but. Like it's after the but some tribal. people are still having like but yeah but I think like I said I think five or six people stayed in Ann Arbor just because it was like either they couldn't mm -hmm. go home for sickness reasons like 
their grandparents live with them. They didn't want to put them at risk or, right. you know, there was a room at home or they're paying for the rest of the apartment. Might as well stay there. Hey, everyone's left Ann Arbor. There's less people in Ann Arbor now. It's actually safer there. Um, so it's like all of those things kind of came through. So you will see for the rest of the season, like people still meeting up occasionally where you're just like, wait, isn't that not supposed to happen? And like, yeah, it's not. But again, it's like no one really like, knew yeah. what COVID was at that point. We didn't know how dangerous it was. Um, a lot of people our age in particular were not taking it seriously because they're like, whatever, even if we get it, we'll get sick and then we'll be fine. Like there was just mm-hmm. like so much uncertainty that people were making, in some cases, probably bad decisions for their health. It ended up working out. Everyone's still alive and fine to this day. Um, but yeah, you will still see some people meeting up the rest of the season. But realistically, this is an online season from now on. Good announce. That's interesting because like my season, I obviously can't spoil it that much, but my season, I played season eight and it is a post-COVID, post-COVID, post-online season where like it was the first in-person season since season six and or since season five, if you want a full season. And there was this weird transitioning period where all still wearing masks or Zoom was like a lot of people were still talking on Zoom. If there was ever a COVID scare, they would occasionally do a challenge online. Like it was very much like still, I mean, it's still like an in-person season, but it's like after COVID happened, like I think like it changed completely. Like everyone, like if someone, there was a good period of time where if someone was sick, like we would be like, hey, we have a Zoom challenge ready, like as a backup, just in case. And like this went on for like, probably a couple seasons so like and obviously it's not like um fully on zoom or anything but it's just interesting like the impact that it's had yeah i mean it it sucked honestly like it was one of those situations where like you know survivor was one of those things that it's so different from everything else any of us are doing i feel like on campus like like especially this semester like season six probably was one of the ones I was least involved in production wise, just because I was so busy for the first half of the season. Um, um, I was on a dance team. So like that competition season was the first half of the season. So I was at practice every day. I missed so many things. So when merge happened, I was so excited because like my competition season ended. So I was like, like, oh, I'm going to make it to everything else. Like post merge, I'm not going to miss anything. And then of course, like I get to merge the first thing I go to in a while. And they're like, yep, everything's moving online. And I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, that's that's wrong. Yeah. So it was just like, but like, yeah, like I said, it's very different than everything else that we've done. Um, I appreciate like a lot that it we didn't cancel the season because I think it was very helpful for everybody, production, players, everyone involved, um, to have just like that little bit of normalcy and that little bit of like escape from our families in all honesty. Um, because I don't know about um, y'all, but my family was like, went over to overboard on like family bonding time during COVID to the point that like every single day after dinner, we had to play some form of game as a family where I'm just wow. like, like guys we're seeing each other every moment of every day and we're literally not seeing anybody else like and we played every game we possibly could in this house already so like i end up missing so many things online of season six because my family just went crazy um so like having but like still having the like hey what's going on in the game like people still regularly messaging 
about like something that has nothing to do with COVID, nothing to do with school, nothing to do with, man, I wish I could see you. Like none of that. Just talking about Survivor, just like the same way we would if everybody was still there. I think it was just like mentally very, very helpful for the rest of that semester. Like, I'm really glad that the season continued as well as a viewer. Like, it's just like, it's nice to like, it would be weird if it was like season five and then season seven happens and like, there's no season six or like half of six is released and then like the rest <laughs> is like never happened. Yeah, we do like a Netflix drop and just like release all of season six at once. And, <laughs> but, but it's yeah, only like half that the was, season. Yeah. You know, like now I think about it, I don't know how much you've watched Big Brother, but Big Brother Canada 8 had a similar yeah, thing. It was exactly. during COVID. It was like, weirdly, it's like the one thing that like got canceled because of COVID. I can't think of any other like reality show that had to like, or that I would watch that like shut down in the middle besides Big Brother Canada 8. And it had yeah. a very, like this episode kind of felt similar to that. I mean, obviously because it's COVID, but like it was a very like, um, everyone was kind of, um, in unison about this they were all kind of like there was just kind of like an um an understanding that like we're going through something that like no one's ever gone through before or, i mean none of us have really gone through and the uncertainty is definitely scary and i think just like the way this episode ended it like i don't know it felt good in a way yeah i mean it was definitely sad um seeing pages go like you said yeah um, he had a pretty engaging personality obviously didn't film as much as we would have liked um, so George kind of had to shove him in whenever he could. Um, and, but like, realistically, he wasn't going anywhere for a really long time. Well, he um, was in a solid spot. Like, I mean, I definitely think it would have been tough for him to win just given how big personality yeah. or how many big personalities there were. But I don't think like, I wouldn't have count him out. Like, I think he, he would have been fun to stay around and it sucks that we don't get to see him, but at least, like, I mean, again, in my mind, Justin was going if this, like... Yeah, for sure. No, I don't, I don't think it's a question, honestly, because, like, okay, because yeah, yeah. Sokka had six votes at that point because they stole Lindsay's. Um, Obsidian was just, like, save yourselves kind of thing, like, and, like, right. they were sacrificing Justin. Like, he was gone probably unanimously. Like, I don't think anyone was going to save him if, like... <laughs> this um if Tay just doesn't leave like realistically so justin got absolutely spared because of uh this result but also like Tay just was going nowhere i think Tay just had a really good shot at final three because he was like the fourth or fifth guy in that soccer alliance realistically in terms of targets from the obsidian side but he was probably like it was grace wanted i think noah and Tejas were like her top two guys you know, and I think Lindsay probably had, you know, Grace and maybe Ian, but like also Tages. And then Noah was like, yeah, Grace, Tages. Like Tages was just like in everyone's final three somehow. Um, so he was in like such a good position. And obviously I had the Brown connection with him. So I'm always hoping for him to do well. Like we have a lot of mutual friends, weirdly. Like even though I don't think we've talked once in our life, like we had so many mutual friends um so it was definitely like sad to see him go um but at the same time the fact that you know one person did have to go like it was almost like when keith and wendy raised the sale for magic extinction it was like hey like this is proof that yeah. this is this has a very real impact on people um and mm -hmm. COVID was a very scary time very 
like we have no idea what's going on kind of time. And he made the best decision for himself and his mental health and his family. Um, like I said, he talked about it with his, like to his family. He had, no. he didn't make a like gut instinct decision. He took a few days, talked about it with people. And this is the decision he came up with. And I think you see that at the tribal in the episode where everyone is like very respectful of the choice he made and they agree with it, but they made the decision to keep playing. But it, as a whole, it's it's just sad that this is the way, you know, it had to end. And it took literally a pandemic, a global epidemic, uh, to to not take us out. So he can at least yeah, at least he's just that. that good. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Whether it's like um prod stuff or just about the episode or season? Yeah, a little bit. Um, just. I've turned into the defender in chief of season six on YouTube and discord. It seems like, um, because early on people weren't giving the season much of a chance, uh, for some reason, I, I don't really know why I, I thought it was entertaining from the beginning, but, and, but I know, I know partially what the reason was. And the reason was Noah and people are on sour grapes on what happened last season. And I just want to set, set the record straight i i'm not super close with noah so i don't want people to be like oh he's just protecting his friend i'm like i'm tighter with bailey but like as a whole noah was on production on five when i was playing he was playing on six when i was on production and then he wasn't really involved with season seven production when i was more involved so our overlap was like really weird we basically didn't interact with one another um so i don't want this to be like oh he's just protecting his friend because that's not what is going on um but the fact that Megan and Jackson's relationship got exposed was not Noah's fault. It was Abby's fault. And this is someone who's friends with Abby. Like I'm much closer with Abby than Noah. Um, it was entirely Abby's fault. Every single one of us on production will tell you we have talked about the ongoing season with our friends. We've talked about it with former um, castmates. I've talked about all-stars with Sarah X all the time, knowing she's tight with Sam and could have exposed me at any point. And she did not because she respects the integrity of the game. And I knew she would respect the integrity of the game. Um, so Noah talking to this person who'd been part of the survivor Michigan community from season two should not have expected that person to expose anything he said to someone playing the game. And, and Jackson was Already a huge threat coming into the game, probably went further than most of us expected and would have made the merge if he didn't vote himself out. Megan was not a big threat going into the game, did not become a big threat after the relationship was exposed. And because she has some voodoo on her, I think she was getting eighth place no matter how the hell that season went, because she always gets eighth place somehow. So the like Megan and Jackson relationship getting exposed was not Noah's fault. It did not ruin that season. Did that season get ruined because people? Yes. Um, Leia, Sam, whatever that season sucked for reasons, <laughs> but it was not because this happened. So the fact that Noah is now succeeding in season six, don't let your bias on how season five went. Cause I was not happy with season five at all, but I enjoyed season six despite the fact that Noah was succeeding. Like, I didn't care. I was just 
happy that we was an entertaining season. If you dislike Noah, the personality of season six, and that is what pisses you off, fine, whatever. Like, I know so many people hate my game personality also. Like, totally fine. You're allowed to hate whatever game personality you want. Understandable. But don't hate season six because someone who you think ruined season five, who did not, by the way, Abby did, is succeeding now. Like, that is such a stupid reason because realistically, this season is like, especially pre-merge, like I said, was very similar to season one. And a lot of people consider season one, one of the best seasons of Survivor Michigan. So like, so in a completely biased way, I find it the best one too. Um, so like the fact that you can love season one and hate season six, that doesn't really make sense. So just, I I wanted to throw this out there because, like I said, I'm not a big Noah fan. I'm not particularly (laughs) close with Noah. I am actually very close with Abby. And yet, I can unbiasedly say Abby is the one that exposed that relationship and that it did not ruin Megan and Jackson's game. It made their games maybe slightly harder, but it did not ruin their games. And I don't think it would have affected their placements that much. So please don't let the fact that Noah is succeeding in season six affect your overall opinion on season six right. if that is the reason you dislike Noah. Mm. Yeah, and if the reason you dislike it. Noah is because you can't stand his game personality, totally fine. Completely understandable. Like I said, people like certain game personalities and dislike others. But don't let something completely unrelated that isn't his fault color your overall opinion on this really good season. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you really don't like Noah, just root against him. Like, his, I can feel yeah. his downfall is coming, and, like, come on, like, he's he's in such a good spot, but that usually just means that it's he's gonna, something's gonna happen. So, yeah, but every like, season needs a good villain to root against. I mean, right. like, unfortunately, like, yeah, you're, well, five, the villains won, but, like, um, in seasons, like, in season four, Jackson was a, was a rootable villain. Like, like, he was the villain in that season, but everyone's still, like, found the guy engaging season one like Maison could have been the villain Cooper could have been the villain the Alexis could have been the villain but however you took it like they were engaging personalities so like right fine like if you dislike Noah's game personality root against him and maybe you'll be happy by the end of the season but like don't hate the season because of something so unrelated to season six yeah reach that and like again I'd also like don't know, no. I've met Noah maybe like twice. I don't even know if he knows my name. But like realistically, it's college survivor. People treat this like it's an actual production. Like, I mean, it is, but it's a college production and stuff happens. And to like tear down a whole season because one person theoretically did something that clearly did not even happen. Um, it's just it's crazy. And like I've I didn't know that much of this season going into it. And like, yes, I know some of the people, but watching it has been really fun. I've like found out so many things that I like didn't know. And it's been a really good season so far. And I'm excited to see what the rest of the season has to offer. Yeah, it's it's an exciting season the rest of the way, even though it's online. And I know some people are gonna be like, it's not as fun and it's online. Honestly, it's fine. Like <laughs> it's yeah, I, I think it helps. I think it helps that like we've already had all the characters established. We've already had these like 
in-person relationships established because i think like starting a season online is a lot different than like a season turning online because you if if it starts online you are going to miss out on like seeing these in-person interactions but like i think because we had those from the start we've gotten these characters to develop to the point where like it turning online is not going to feel as big as the changes i think people think it's going to yes the challenges are going to be a little different but like for the, you're just there's going to be more calls like that's essentially yeah. all that's really going to change and, and i think like of that is what we discovered in future seasons as well people film a lot more when everything's online um so you will get some people that like maybe are partially invisible up till now um maybe having a bigger impact on the season because now they're online and things get filmed just every single thing they say from beginning to end gets filmed rather than when you meet in person and then you talk and then you're like oh crap i forgot to turn my phone on or whatever or like you get yeah. a text and then realize you ran out of storage 15 minutes ago like that doesn't happen like you're talking online so everything is filmed so like i said i think you're going to get actually more engaging conversations potentially some personalities that you hadn't seen as much of maybe getting a bigger screen presence so i think like yes it's going to be different the challenges obviously are going to be the biggest change probably um in terms of like we probably aren't going to have like an elaborate uh relay race of like stacking things and knocking them down and dominoes and all that. like yeah obviously we can't really make people set that up themselves but that doesn't mean we're not going to have non-survivory challenges like they're still going to be you know what they are able to do just in the comfort of their own home basically um exactly. and it's still going to be engaging uh george is still going to edit it really well uh he edited season one really well and he's edited this season really well so far um so yeah we've gotten really lucky with editors between george and ian honestly um so it's it's still going to be a very good season and i think the best is, as fun as it's been so far the best is yet to come for sure and um i think it also will give a little taste of what is to be expected in season seven because i know that will be a little a little bit more of a tougher pill to swallow because we're starting online but season seven is also pretty fun and i think um i think it's good that we're going from six to in person to online to seven online that way it's not like whole like it's not a hard like oh online time we have this kind of transitionary period and then season seven is online but i think people will hopefully be used to it by then yeah and like little preview for season seven season seven has uh my favorite people that i've ever played in survivor michigan like it is mm -hmm. the personalities on that season are absolutely insane so even if you're like i don't want to watch a whole COVID season they will keep you engaged i promise yeah i i promise you like these i mean i live with two of them like these yeah. people <laughs> you'll like them yeah okay yeah i don't have any more thoughts thank you so much akshay for coming it was so nice to talk to you um, I hope to have you again, like, you know, season seven, even season six, like, I don't care, you're, you're always welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, this, this was the episode that I was like, like I said, I was there, I was there for the production discussions, I remember, like, every <laughs> single, almost every single detail of, like, what we were talking about, so I was like, I need to be there to tell you the behind the scenes I don't, you, of this episode in particular. I, you started listing, like, dates, you were like, oh, this happened on Tuesday, I was like, I don't even remember what challenge last 
or what day the challenge happened last week of the current season filming. Like, that's crazy. But I guess, no, I guess my... in terms of, like, and if you compare it to, like, when COVID happened, it makes sense. But, yeah. like... No, that's why, they, that's why they call me the Survivor Michigan historian, man. I remember <laughs> weird details about, like, my own experiences. So then I get to share them in, in uh, podcasts like this and the fans that have lasted an hour and 15, an hour, 20 minutes of us talking. They get to hear all the behind the scenes things that mm. everyone who's just watching the show is missing out on. Exactly. Okay. So thank you guys for watching and remember, keep your torch lit. Thank you.